The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpasportsmed to learn more. Alrighty, welcome back to the PA High School Football Report podcast. We are powered by Penn Live, and the prep football train continues as we head into an interesting, very interesting week three. He's Dan Sostic, happy as a hippo after his alma mater pit outlasted those dastardly rivals from West Virginia in the reincarnated backyard brawl. Dan, how do you feel about that? How that one had, uh, had, uh, ended? Uh, well, you know, a win's a win, I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, it's not even one of those interceptions that you're you feel like your team really earned, but you know, I guess it's. It's kind of right place, right times better than losing a game on a on a eighty yard hail mary or something like that. So, it's 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 good that um the best part about that was that you know college football is exciting again in uh, the city of Pittsburgh because we all know we all know how big of a football town that is and for a while it was kind of dead up there and from remember when I've heard that it's one of the best environments they've had there in a while. So fun fun times up there. I stuttered and said it three times because because the word ending it actually felt like it ended three different times. Yeah, yeah, that's how all rivalry games should be, though, right? They shouldn't be boring thirty eight fourteen games. They should be games that make no sense, and uh, it, it, that one certainly made no sense. Exactly, and uh, it, it more more good uh, rays of sunshine in college football. My alma mater, Eastern Michigan, world beaters that they are, Maxson. They took down Eastern Kentucky in their opener in Ypsilanti, so. Both of our squads 1-0. and That's good. All we got to do now is get by the Raging Cajuns uh, before the real tests start flowing in. You got the Vols this week, right? Oh, yeah. Big game on ABC. The Johnny Majors Classic, they're calling it now. He coached both teams, I guess, but he only only won a title at one of the schools. I'll let uh, our listeners determine which school he won the title at. But Yeah. No program underachieves like the Vols, so that's good. That's good news for you guys. All right. Dan, let's dive into some high school football here. Uh, we are targeting 2-0 teams this week, and we're going to answer the question of, is this as good as it gets for some of these 2-0 ball clubs? Got out of the gate like gangbusters. Uh, a couple that we're probably going to talk about, obviously uh, earned a couple 2-0 wins uh, via forfeit, um, but you know, you take them as you can get them in high school football in 10 weeks. As many as you can gobble up, you take them any way you can. So, um, you know, so we're basically going to talk about can these unbeaten kind of continue to surge in the coming weeks uh, or, or does a reality check uh, is a reality check coming, you know, as we lunge toward the final sort of non-conference week uh, of the season before the division stuff kicks in. So um, by my calculations, Dan, 14 of the 37 mid-pen conference teams are 2-0. and uh, So we might have some duplicates uh, here and there, but we're, we're going to start with Dan. And then we'll run one for one. And uh, so which 2-0 club is up for you first, Dan? I'm going to start, you know, a couple miles down the road from where I live. Uh, I'm not going to say where exactly, but um, Camp Hill. Camp Hill uh, uh, they uh, A lot of the players on their team were talking at our media days saying they were going to kind of be the underdogs of the mid-pen. They kind of wanted to prove people wrong. And you hear that a lot. You hear that a lot of the teams that are picked, you know, lower say we're going to prove people wrong. But if you're going to say it, they've had a pretty good start of the year after saying that, um, proving themselves right, I guess. Uh, 
They started the year off with a 43 to seven win over Newport, which had, I mean, Newport's kind of, you know, um, they're kind of uh, rebuilding down there, but that's pretty much the same score West Perry put up on a uh, Newport too. So it's a good transitive score there. And then last week they had a thrilling 2017 um, win over York Catholic. I talked with Drew Brandsetter. I'm going to have an article up on him uh, later in the a week, uh, quarterback for Camp Hill, who's really looked good so far this year as a sophomore, started playing a little bit as a freshman. Um, I think that they, I, I don't know if they're going to be contending for any divisional titles or anything like that. I don't know if they'll even make the district playoffs, but I think they're friskier than maybe we gave them credit for. And um, one person who I was kind of surprised that's been at the center of this has been Luke Paris, who is, I, I believe, our last year's uh, Penn Live baseball player of the year. Um, he was listed on the roster as a kicker or punt, as kicker and punter. He's leading the team in tackles every week. Uh, and so I, I think they're just getting a lot of contributions from a lot of different guys. And um, Tim Bigelow's done a really good job of that program. They're not the big, never the biggest team. I'm not sure if they're going to, you know, run the table or anything. They've still got some tough games coming up. Big spring, steel high Trinity, West Perry, boiling Springs. So that's when the gauntlet comes, but I think they're going to be a tougher, um, a tougher test than they were a year ago. And I think that's a, definitely a positive step for a team that's really young. It's interesting because all the way through to kind of like mid-July, Luke Priest was on the bubble on whether he's going to play this year. Obviously focused uh, exclusively at the next level of baseball. Uh, he committed to St. Joe's not too long ago. So he's really focused on his senior year uh, baseball-wise. But he finally came to the conclusion like, I can't let my boys out there and not at least go out and kick and punt and do things like that. But we know him as an ex- – exceptional athlete that could pretty much you could pretty much put him anywhere and he's going to succeed so so that's a that was a big get uh for camp hill and i'm also convinced that if there's a doy on the roster running around you're going to be fine you'll just be fine Noah doy has picked up exactly where Chris came off and uh you're going to be fine so dan for my first 2-0 squad i'm going to head way south way south to like the south carolina border uh and Greencastle castle is going to be my first one Basically Maryland. Basically Maryland. Yeah. I mean, the short answer for the blue devils is yes. I think, I think this, this sort of run for them early can continue. Um, And I must sort of admit, I had to kind of alter my opinion on on Devin McCauley's team here. Cause a, I didn't think they would be the better prepared uh, physically and mentally prepared side in that opener against big spring Uh, completely wrong there. That was a 28, 13 victory for him. Um, and there's really no reason why GA can't be 4-0 entering a very important week five colonial game at East Pennsboro. Uh, it's a tough stretch run, of course, but, but the first team defense has allowed just 13 points so far in two wins. Uh, and the Devils are showing a lot more versatility in offense than expected. We talked about Taven Cooper last week uh, about one of those emerging kind of, you know, stars and one of the top run- rushers in the, in the league. So I think this is a Greencastle Antrim team that can continue this this momentum for for quite a long time, um, and, and you know, postseason obviously we're far from that, but um, but we always talked about this division, and and other than Shippensburg, uh, um, you know, who's the two? Uh, I think it's a wide open spot there. I think just Shippensburg is a legit squad should be the should be the contender or should be the top dog. Uh, until proven otherwise, but this is a greenhouse castle Antrim team that's kind of uh, 
kind of difficult to pin down. So I like what the what GA is doing right now. Yeah, and I think you mentioned that first game, but I'm going to point to the game last week just because I think sometimes we can overlook these games where teams are big favorites and, you know, they win and we just kind of don't take anything away from it. But I think there's something to be said about putting 53 points on a team that you should put 53 points on. I think that's a, that's a sign that, you know, it's not a it's a different Greencastle Antrim team than it might have been a couple of years ago because you don't you, you could never you never pencil in a you know middle middle of the road team for a team to you know put up fifty three points like that so I think it's a good sign that they are continuing to you know win games that they should game win and then also win a game that not many people pick them to win well um, I I did I did pick them to win that big string game by the way but. Um, uh, yeah, that's one. That's one for me. I don't look at the standings, but uh, um, yeah. So my second team, I'm gonna go with uh, a team that we've talked a little bit about. I'm gonna go with Cumberland Valley, and I think that they are absolutely legitimate. I think this is, I think this is Josh Oswald. He told me after the Central York win last week, last uh, Friday, that he's kind of built a players program where he kind of built the foundation in his first years, you know, with the Eagles. But now it's a team that the players kind of know what they're doing. They're the ones making uh, quarterback. Isaac signs is making a ton of reads on the field. Um, they're kind of, you know, playing instinctually playing hard. That win over central York's a really good win. I know there's not a Prabula under, under center there, but that's a big win to go into central York. And, you know, they, they went up big and it looked like the game was teetering at the end. They, they, they the offense kind of sputtered out in the second half. But sometimes there's something to be said about holding on to games, you know, winning a game like that. Um, so I think that uh, I think with that veteran group they have with Isaac Signs, with JD Hunter, with um, yeah, with uh, with Griffin Huffman, with those kids, uh, and then a really veteran offensive line to go along with the freshman that we talk about every week, Tyler Merrill, who um, he uploaded his huddle video on Twitter. Uh, I would I, if you if you like pancakes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I I watched that one with a side of syrup because that was that was an entertaining two minutes of film there. I know he's still pretty raw, and huddle films are only the best. So you're probably not sharing the plays where he's getting beat by seniors. But um, I believe in this Cumberland Valley football team. I'm really excited to see them go up against Harrisburg this year because I think it's uh, they were they were really uh, they were really competitive, jawing at each other all seven on sevens this summer. I think it's going to be a pretty fun game this year. I think. I think Josh Oswald's going to be a guy at the end of the year we're going to be talking about for coach of the year. I think this is going to be a really, really competitive uh, CV team. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Dan, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about those 2-0 ball clubs. Stick around. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpasportsmed to learn more. All right, we're back. Dan Sosick, Eric Epler. This is the PA High School Football Report podcast powered by Live. All right, when we left, we were talking about these 2-0 squads. Is this as good as it's going to get? Can these teams generate this kind of momentum week to week? Keep filling up the left side of the, uh, the standings. Things like that. When when is this? When is the bubble going to burst, if at all, for some of these squads? Dan just got done talking about Cumberland Valley, his number two squad. My number two is going to be Milton Hershey, of course. 
again, the Spartans had that forfeit win over Middletown. They are 2-0. and But the start was just what the doctor ordered. I talked about Milton Hershey a couple weeks ago. I can't stress enough how valuable I believe um, QB Kenny Emile is in this offense. Yes, okay, all quarterbacks are important to their offense. But Emile's, what Emile's midseason injury did last year was just throw the kind of Spartans offense in flux. Uh, they had to use Deion Bryant, their superstar running back, uh, under center for the last five games of the year. Uh, the losses to Lower Dolphin and Cedar Cliff basically dashed their postseason pulse uh, in that stretch run. I do think the Spartans need this week's tilt at East Pensboro to kind of stay upright and to kind of keep that momentum. I'm still sort of – it's one of the games that I've been looking at really, really hard I think it's a close game no matter how you slice it. East Pensboro has been a surprise to me so far uh, this season. Um, but I think this is a really important game for Milton Hershey moving forward. Um, and, you know, Emil getting four touchdown passes in the first one too. It shows that there's not only consistency there, but there's confidence there. Um, and it was against a very, pretty athletic Susquehanna Township team. I know there's some things that are, you know, there's a little bit of um, – how do I say disjointed play at Susquehanna Township right now, but there are athletes, there is speed, they are physical. So to go up against that kind of squad and perform like that, I think was very, very important for the Spartans moving forward. And who knows? I mean, the extra week, uh, obviously to prepare for East Pensboro uh, with not having to play against Middletown um, could be very valuable too, to kind of have that to set up and get ready. So Milton Hershey's my number two guys. Well, that's a pretty good transition to my number three because I'm going in that same game, uh, East Pensboro. Um, I think that they're another team kind of in that Camp Hill mold where a, not a lot of people were talking. I think we picked them either sixth or seventh, or not we, but our coaches poll picked them sixth or seventh in their division. Um, and they've started 2-0 and with pretty solid wins. Uh, they uh, topped York Suburban, uh, which is a solid team. And then they really gave it to Palmyra 27, seven. It's just a, you know, a, um, I, I've been very impressed with what John Dennison's have done with a team that uh, didn't, didn't have, you know, the most flashy returning talent, but still had some, some good stuff coming back. And I, I've been, I think we've all been really impressed with the play of quarterback Keith Oates. I think he's really kind of exceeded where we thought he would be. Uh, he's, he's a dual threat guy. Um, he gives them a lot of, you know, juice on that offense. But the defense has been really, really strong as well. Uh, obviously, they've uh, holding Palmyra to seven points. So Palmyra had a pretty strong rushing attack in week one. Um, you have Dakota Campbell there playing all over the kind of line, linebacker and kicking and running back and everything. Um, I, I still would like to see a couple more games before I'm totally sold. I think that they might be able, you know, to sneak into the playoffs. So I'm going to go, I'm sort of sold. I think they've still got the stretch of play where they're going up after this week against Milton Hershey. They've got Gettysburg and Greencastle, Mechanicsburg, Northern, Shippensburg. That's a pretty tough um, schedule. They can go around 500 in that. I think that they're going to be in really good shape. So I, I, I really like what I've seen um, from East Pensboro. All right, my number three, Danish State College, two and zero. They, I mean, there were reasons why SC spot uh, in the preseason six A rankings was there. Uh, Harvard bound, Steven Scourtis, obviously the defensive end, playmakers Owen Yurka, Finn Fermanek, Dante Nastasi. Uh, I can go on and on and on. 
Coach, Coach Lindell really has a lot of interchangeable parts and obviously plenty of depth. There's 100-plus guys on the roster. They're all itching to see the field. Uh, last week, the Little Lions even showed their guts uh, by going for two in the final seconds and taking down a very good Downingtown East team. Um, the point is here that the District 6, 6A favorite is SC. Uh, this is where, you know – Using the Commonwealth Division as sort of a, you know, uh, a 10-week, well, a seven-week, I guess you would, uh, exhibition season. Obviously, yes, they want to win the Commonwealth Division, but this is one of those big-picture teams that goes off. They are clearly the 6A favorites. There's not many, um, you know, teams standing in their way, Altoona and Mifflin County being two of them. Um, So the point is they're obviously the favorite. I expect they're going to have some tough games down the stretch. I think Carlisle can give them a run, come to the Valley, certainly, Harrisburg, certainly, in the Commonwealth Division. But these guys are going to be in the PIAA tournament when, when it's all said and done. And it's going to be – it could very well be as the Commonwealth Division champs. It, it, it really could. So they're that strong, they're that deep, and it just seems so far they're that determined to kind of maybe even take that next step um, and and – check off all those boxes in, in route to PIAA. So I'm completely sold on state college. I think right now, uh, I think I have them five or six in the state. Um, I don't expect them to fall too far. Um, if at all in that, in that realm. So, uh, so really good start for Lintel and his crew. Yeah. They're just a machine. They're just a, they're one of those programs. That's always pretty much, you can just write in pen. They're going to be good. They're going to, they're going to give you a tough game every year. Um, my number four pick is gonna. We're gonna go up to uh, West Perry and a two and O team made the playoffs a year ago. Had a tough loss to Middletown at home, but I, I, I mean, this Mustang team has some juice. They got Marcus Quaker at quarterback, who's one of the one of the more I'd say he's one of the more exciting quarterbacks in the mid pen. He's a real dual threat guy. Really can do it all. They've got Trent Herrera at running back. They've got a big offensive line. Um, guys like, you know, the, uh, Josh Trostle, those, those folks. Um, Ian Goodling does it all for them. Kicker, wide receiver, defensive back. Uh, they've just been blowing teams blowing teams out so far this year. Um, I think their combined score so far this year is 90-6 to in two wins. So um, a pretty great start for them. It's it's always going to be with Westbury, you know, as the seat, as they start getting into that mid pen play, can they keep it up? I really think they can. I really think they've got a chance of ending the year with two losses max. Uh, I I think that this is a team that's going to get a high seed in the district playoffs. I think that um, they believe. I think they've they've got the talent commensurate to these blowout scores, um, and they end the season with a big game at steel high on a Saturday. I think that I think um, there's reason to believe that game's going to be a little more competitive than people might've thought going into the year. And um, I'll be looking forward to, to that one. And that I have a feeling Westbury's going to have a pretty good record uh, when we get to that in uh, October. Yeah. If I was putting a list together of underrated guys in the mid pen through two weeks and, and it would be Ian Goodling would be on that list. If you remember, Dan, last year in the, in the closing stretch, the last five, six games, every big play that came out of West Perry was almost from either Quaker with his legs or Goodling catching three passes, 114 yards and two TDs. 
Yeah, I did the I did the receiving stats last year. Our leaderboards, I posted every day. I'd just be like, oh, Ian Goodling's up to forty yards a catch now. Is insane. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's and it and it's almost like he, you know, he doesn't ha- he doesn't get the eight nine reception games because Quaker does a lot with his legs. You know, Quaker breaks off a hundred plus yards with his legs. You don't need to throw the ball that much unless you're, you know, obviously in serious catch up mode. But, um, but yeah, Goodling is a Goodling's a guy that just does nothing but make big, big plays. Um, so yeah. So anyway, he'd be on the list. All right. My, my fourth team, I'm going to stick in district six and I'm going to go with Altoona. I, I mean, if you recall, Dan, the mountain Lions were three and oh last season. Um, but only managed a single Commonwealth win. And that was versus Chambersburg down the stretch. So they finished the season four and seven went into the district final against state college and lost. So, while I think Altoona is in a much better position to kind of topple that four and seven mark, I think the stresses of the Commonwealth division are about to sort of kick in uh, for that. This week, it's about beating Mifflin County, uh, another 2-0 squad that I may talk about here in another minute. Um, that's not going to be a picnic for them because Mifflin County is is, is better. Um, but I think it's I think that's a team that kind of needs to deter a kind of shot or two to kind of get themselves a little bit more momentum moving in districts. I certainly don't see them competing for the Commonwealth division title, but, uh, but again, it's a different set of rules for Altoona, you know, moving forward. So it's about building that steam and maybe getting a shot uh, at state college twice in a year, which would be nice for them. For sure. Yeah. I, it's, it's always kind of tough to, you know, to keep monitoring those that you forget about them because you're looking at the power rankings and you, don't see them anymore because they're up back in district six. But um, I mean, I think that we've been a, they've been a team that, you know, you've kind of circled as maybe they'd take another step forward this year. So might be on the trajectory right now, but like you said, it, it gets really tough in that division. It gets really tough. Um, my last pick is uh Shippensburg, a, a team that I think we all expected to be here. We all expect them to be, you know, two and oh, and I think, expectations are going to be what factor into what I'm going to say here. Um, and that I would be a little, a little concerned if I was, you know, Shippensburg Greyhound fan, not, not that this team's not going to make the district playoffs, something won't even make the colonial, but these games have been a little closer than I think I would have liked them to be uh, for how many players Shippensburg returned. I know they lost Anthony Smith. I know they lost a couple Nathan Bean. They lost some linebackers, but you know, they, that Cedar Cliff game week one where Cedar Cliff had a ton of new um, new players, that was a 10-point game in the third quarter um, before an eight-minute drive, which, I mean, grand, good teams, you know, close out games like that. They draw out the clock. Um, and, and then they win, they win their next game against Big Spring 35-21, a team that Greencastle also beat. Um, I'd be a little, I'd like to see, I think this week's game against Spring Grove will be a really good test for them. It will be a good, good barometer where they're at. I've liked the play of Tucker Chamberlain. He's, as you, as you said, he's, uh, I think you called on a previous episode, Irby Weller. I don't know if he's going to break the reception record anymore. Cause I think he had two catches for 110 yards. Um, he had an Ian Goodling type game, I guess, but, um, but I think that, they're a team that you'd kind of like to see the defense get a, uh, ironed out a little more. Um, you know, uh, I I thought that was going to be a dominating unit, and there's still plenty of time. But I think uh, I think they're probably going to have a good record by the end of the year. Probably 
one loss maximum, two loss maybe. But I would like to see, you know, them take another step forward. And they usually do under Coach Eric Faust. They're usually playing their best football by week seven, week eight. Um, and so it is a process. But I was just um, I'm just finding that a way that it hasn't been kind of the, you know, the show stopping domination that I thought I we'd see after two weeks. Yeah, I agree with that completely. All right, my last one, Dan, is two and zero lower Dolphins. Could we be looking at a six and zero Falcons team heading into early October tilt with Cedar Cliff? Is it possible? Well, let's look. LD represents one of the more interesting stories so far uh, to me. Okay, yes, it received a forfeit over Middletown and then took out Twin Valley seventeen fourteen last week, dramatic fashion there. But sometimes all you sort of need is a nudge. You know, you just sort of need that initial spark. And the late heroics versus Twin Valley might have been it for them. Uh, Elizabethtown is up next. That's another 2-0 squad. Mythic County after that, which I think is a winnable game. I think that's a close matchup. Uh, LD's probably going to be favored against Redland and then Palmyra in weeks five and six. So is 6-0 and an impossibility? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this team, at least, they're showing a lot of grit early. Again, it's just one big test, but that Twin Valley team is pretty tough. You know, we know Brett Myers is now the coach there, and, you know, his son's playing quarterback. We know what kind of football he, you know, he endorses and gets his guys ready to play. So I think something is brewing here at LD. Again, you're still looking at, you know, a Bishop McDevitt's and the Cedar Cliffs and things like that, um, teams like that in the Keystone Division. But um, but for Lower Dolphin, I I don't think it's as good as it gets. I think they could sit there and potentially be a 6-0 and or 5-1, and one, you know, going to that Cedar Cliff game. So and then you only got four games left after that. Yes, one is Cedar Cliff, one is McDevitt. But um, this will be an interesting – this will be an interesting week for Lower Dolphin. You know, I don't, I don't think you have to win against Lower uh, Elizabethtown, but it would certainly uh, – it, it certainly would be a, a – kickstart to a pretty interesting stretch for them yeah and they were one of those teams right that I was, we kind of talk about it right that you build momentum at the end of a previous year I think they won four of their last five to end the season last year I, I I'm a big believer in that stuff carrying over I think you saw with Cumberland Valley Cumberland Valley at a nice end of last year and it, that builds it because it builds into the offseason work right it gets those kids more excited to come to the football, get come to the facilities and work out earlier, get build that rapport, even the new guys that see that and and feel like they can build on it. So I, I think that it, that's an important thing to look at when um, when you're looking at things because they ended the year strong last year and have a good shot at kind of keeping that momentum going. Yeah, it's always good when the attractive, attractive way you finish a season attracts more talent for next season, which is always good. All right, Dan, the way we finish up every week, we do a statewide game uh, that we really want to watch. Uh, what's the, what do you be looking at uh, this week? Um, I'm going to stick I'm going to stick right around uh, right around here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Carlisle, uh, Carlisle, York High. We were kind of talking about it before uh, we start recording. If this is a really interesting matchup, um, I think. I believe uh, in our lines that are soon to be released, we have Carla as an eight-point favorite, which might be surprising to some because York High's got the Division One talent um, in West Virginia, running back Jaheim White and quarterback Sam Stoner. But Carlisle's a team; they're another two and O team that we didn't even talk, we didn't even get to today. We had too many two and O teams, but 
I, I'm really excited because I think this is a chance for a couple of those guys on Carlisle that we kind of have beat the drum about all year. How do these guys not have offers uh, to kind of show, hey, this is what we can do against this high level, you know, uh, Big 12 running back. Uh, I think they're talking guys like EZ Thomas and the, uh, Thomas Nelson, Jeremiah Hargrove, those guys. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing how that shakes out because I think if Carlisle wins that one, I think we might have, you know, we might have four or five teams in the Midtown Commonwealth that are going to have the ability to make it, uh, make a run in the district playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I am going to, uh, I'm going to head out to suburban Philly in district one. I'm going to do upper Dublin two and O at one and one North Penn. Uh, the latter was inside the preseason top 10 at six a before they got bounced in the opener against LaSalle college high school. Uh, upper Dublin, of course, is still unbeaten and they're inside the top five and five a, uh, running back Brady Morgan's had a huge day. He's averaging 15 and a half yards per carry, which is obscene. And uh, and on the North Penn side, too, obviously, uh, very strong offensive side there. Ryan Zelt, their quarterback, uh, seasoned vet. He, he's coming off a monster game against Quakertown in that bounce back win last week. So 2 0 upper Dublin at 1 uh, 1 North Penn is, uh, is my game to watch. I always love when you talk the uh, suburban, the suburban Philly schools, because it brings me back to my high school days, and, um, which I, where I will be at this week, by the way, we'll be going to Wissickon High School for uh, Bishop McDevitt LaSalle. Uh, Wissickon's my alma mater, so I'm covering my first game there since a, a young Dan Sosick was a senior in, a, senior in high school, and he still had a full head of hair. So, um, yeah, always, always excited when you're here in the Upper Dublins and the North Pens, because those are the schools... I didn't. I didn't drive there to play football games. I was in the jazz band, so I go there to the jazz competitions. But nothing wrong with the jazz band. You, you, you don't break your bones in jazz band. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a big one. LaSalle College High School obviously hosting that game against Bishop McDevitt. McDevitt, it seems like hasn't played for about uh, six or seven weeks. It feels um, like this happens every year now. They're always out in like three, four week hiatuses now. Exactly. Well, that's, that happens when you try to cross the border. You need a COVID test. Anyway, all right, Dan, that'll do it for this edition of PI High School Football Report Podcast. You can find all of our archive shows, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and more. And as always, check Penn Live daily for all your high school football needs. The game stories, the features, the rankings, and schedules, and standings, we have got it all. Thanks again for listening, and we'll do it again next week. See ya. UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more.